You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 119. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. And once again, it is an honor and a privilege to have you here for the next... 20, 30 minutes. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. How was everybody's holiday season? If you are in the Americas, at least the Northern America, you celebrated Thanksgiving not too long ago. And hopefully that was a wonderful experience with your family. Or you managed to not be around your family and do Friendsgiving instead. And that was just as enjoyable. For the rest of the world, it was just the end of November. And so As we do transition now into December, we're going to talk a little bit about things that we've already been talking about. We're going to start really wrapping up this year and ramping ourselves up for 2022. And you go back over and you look at cognitive dissonance, conflict avoidance, getting thicker skin, leadership, setting yourself up for success. What we're really paying attention to here is our ability to develop a growth mindset, step into courageous and decisive decisions, taking actions, being disciplined and exercising flexibility on a day-to-day basis so that we can be this tenacious human being. We can show up as the best version of ourselves each and every day. Getting thicker skin and not being offended by every little thing that we hear, Um, understanding that good, Conflict avoidance means having communication with those around you, uh, whether you love them or whether you don't. It doesn't matter if if you even know them all that well. What's important is that you understand how to start up a conversation with someone when perhaps you aren't exactly thrilled with the way that things are going. Our cognitive dissonance, this state of having inconsistent thoughts or beliefs or attitudes that go against who we believe we are. Right, being able to show up uh, and understand the perceptions and the sensations and the intuitions that we're having about ourselves, all of this stuff is leading us to this higher understanding of ourselves, of this emotional intelligence that is going to be necessary to navigate the world around us. I get a lot of questions from the listeners and when I give speeches at the high schools and colleges and just businesses in general. I go to addiction recovery centers as well. I speak at a lot of places. Basically, if there's a stage with or without a microphone, I'm ready to get up there and do it. And so what ends up happening is that a lot of people want to question their intelligence. They want to question their understanding of certain topics, whatever there are things I've brought up or whether there are things that they've read other places. They want to understand their mental acuity, and they want they put a lot of weight around their intelligence. I put a lot of weight on my intelligence, my ability to take new ideas, to intermingle them with things that I already know, to be able to quickly understand a new topic, a new idea, be able to bring it to you all 
in a way that is easily understood so that you can begin to adapt it and apply it to your lives, thus the evaluation process. Then you can measure your outcomes and decide whether you want to replicate that behavior or end that behavior so that you don't continue down a path that you prefer not to. So we don't want to necessarily look at everything with an away from where I don't want to be a bad student. We want to look at things with a more toward vision where I want to be a good student so I graduate and I'm able to get the job that provides me financial freedom. Um, Perhaps it provides me the ability to have time and location freedom in my job. There's a lot of variables. And we've discussed so many of them over the last 119 episodes. What is going to be important beyond your IQ? And we've discussed this before, is that your emotional intelligence is going to come into play. And I'm going to continue to circle back to this because I will just repeat myself until it finally gets through. And I understand that there are going to be some blocks to this. You can go back to episode 73, where I talk about emotional intelligence and emotional maturity, and you can dive into it deeper there if you'd like. Uh, If nothing else, I always recommend going back and listening to some of your favorite episodes. Episode 46, Maturity versus Growth and Taking Responsibility for Your Actions. That's another beautiful emotional intelligence episode. Um, you can absolutely go back and look at, listen to episode 33 where you're processing your external events and understanding how you create this world that you live in. So there's a couple ideas for you right there. But more importantly, since we've already touched on this so much, what I really want to hone in on today is why your emotional intelligence is going to greatly decide where you are able to move forward and where you're able to achieve things in your life. And when you really step back from the idea of emotional intelligence, what we're really asking of ourselves is a level of self-awareness that redefines our ego's place in our life. I'm going to repeat that, and I'm getting chills when I say that, so I know this is the right topic to be discussing with you right now. Emotional intelligence, when we discuss it, is really about taking steps back from just the general idea of emotional intelligence and really coming at it from a place of self-awareness, where we move through what the ego doesn't want us to see. We push aside the ego, and we decide to look at ourselves with clarity in the mirror, And again, this goes very much back to Cognitive Dissonance, episode 114. We want to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, where am I not showing up tenaciously? Where am I not showing up as the best version of myself? Where am I on purposely or through no fault of my own, just unconscious blocks and blind spots, self-sabotaging myself by not being consciously aware of how my thoughts and feelings are affecting my behavior and attitude, thus my actions and my results. So let's step back for a moment and let's discuss this level of self-awareness. Because it's in the ability to very much look at ourselves, not through the lens of judgment, but through the lens of acceptance of where we're at now, knowing very well, knowing full well, knowing with absolute certainty that if we focus our attention on some area of our life, it will get better. Now, how you define better is absolutely up to you. 
I could lay out 1,000 different hypothetical situations with 100,000 hypothetical solution opportunities, and that does not determine that what I come up with will be the answer you desire, will be your answer. You are going to now develop your own answers because that is what you're doing with your life. You are taking personal responsibility for where you are showing up in your life. You do this personal responsibility. You do this showing up full of tenacity as the best version of yourself. You do this through self-awareness. Now, when I say self-awareness, that seems like something, at least in this show, could sound like a buzzword, could sound like a cliche term that I continue to throw out. You might have heard it in other places, the ability to look at oneself through a lens of non-judgment and ability to look at, look at yourself in a way that says, can I accurately understand where I'm at now? Can I accurately decide where I am standing in this moment? And then without judgment, look around and decide what would be my best course of action to move forward. Now, when we say my best action, we do want to be monitoring the ecologicalness of the action we're deciding to take. Ecological in neuro-linguistic programming terms stands for a, is is what I'm doing currently in my life, is this decision I've just made or about to make, is it ecological? Meaning, is it good for me? Is it good for my loved ones? And is it good for the world? Now, that can seem all-encompassing, and in a way, it it is meant to be all-encompassing, but it can also be extremely simple to put out into your life. If you have to ask yourself, okay, I've decided that I'm going to release 20 pounds, and I no longer want to have 20 pounds, I weigh 170, and I want to be 150. I mean, let's just use my actual life as an example. I was 193. I decided I wanted to be the weight that I was the day I graduated high school, which was 159. I wanted to be my 18-year-old weight at 45. I knew going into this that it was going to be difficult and that I was going to lose some muscle mass. I didn't care. I knew that if I could shut off the COVID fluff, that I'd be able to reboot my health and move forward in a nice direction. Now, when I made that decision, I had to run it through this paradigm. Is it good for me? Yes. Releasing 20 pounds, actually it was 35. Releasing 35 pounds is good for me. It does mean that I'm going to get down to a level of fat that would be getting close to unhealthy for a 45-year-old, but I knew that I would be able to quickly put it back on. I'm good. So cha-ching, good for me. Is it good for the people that I love that are around me? Well, I have to ask myself, is what I'm getting ready to do going to require me to be in a gym for five hours a day or to eat only chicken and broccoli so nobody wants to eat dinner with me anymore? Is it going to cause me to always be hangry so that no one ever wants to talk to me because I'm always in a state of constant hunger because I'm, I'm cutting my calories so much? I had to really ask myself, are these changes I'm about to make in my own life to achieve this goal going to negatively affect other people? Once I determined that they wouldn't or that I would be able to monitor how they were affecting other people and thus 
exercising flexibility, step into a place of empowerment and be able to be a little bit loosey-goosey with my nutritional goals, with my nutritional rules I had placed down for myself. I said, okay, this is good for my girlfriend. This is good for my friends. This isn't going to hurt anyone. Is it good for the world? Well, by learning how to release 35 pounds and understanding the discipline and the process that it takes, I actually was able to learn a lot about how I create habits, how I can better alter my habits, and thus I'm now able to better teach people how to change and alter their habits to achieve the long-term goals they desire in their life. So check, good for the world. Awesome. I had no ecological barrier between me and releasing 35 pounds, and I did it exactly like I said I would. I woke up on my 45th birthday at 158.9 pounds. I actually lost a pound more than I needed to, and boom, I hit my goal. Now I'm putting back on weight and muscle, and I'm generally in the 170 region. The numbers don't matter. The fact that I did it is great. But it's what I learned in the process about how to drastically change certain areas of my life in order to get the results that I wanted. And when we step back and think about any issue, any anything that you could see as a solution opportunity in your own life, what you're really asking of yourself is, are my current habits creating the identity of the person who I ultimately want to become? When we ask ourselves about this awareness that I just talked about and emotional intelligence being tied into awareness, it was my ability to step back and ask myself, is this decision ecological to make sure with absolute certainty, not bias, mind you, where I just want the answer to come out that this is a good idea for me and my loved ones and the world, I had to actually step back and ask myself, is this legitimately good for myself, my loved ones and the world? It does take a level of self-awareness that most people are unable to step into because they haven't done it enough to have been able to turn it into a habit. Oftentimes when we want to do something, we will rationalize it in our heads for why it's good for everybody else, hell, even why it's good for us, when in fact it's not good for ourselves, our loved ones, or the world. If you want to take a more... Um, realistic view at this, maybe something that you've heard about in the news. Imagine you hear about a company that's dumping pollutants into waterways, right? We know that's not a great idea, but we know it's a pretty bad way of running a business, right? Poisoning the water, affecting everybody around you, killing wildlife. Like, come on, that's a dick move. There's got to be a better way to make money. When that person sat down and said, I'm going to build this coal plant next to this river, is this good for me? Right? They had to run it through the ecological paradigm. So let's do that real fast. Is building the coal plant good for me, the, the person who wants to build a coal plant? Well, yeah. I want to build a coal plant and make some, make some coal money. Sweet. So it's definitely good for me because I'm going to make money. Is it good for the people around me? Is it good for my loved ones? Well, my loved ones get to enjoy all the money that I'm making. And is it good for the city or the town it's in? Well, sure. They all get jobs. So that's super dope. Now I'm going to start dumping the pollutants into the river because I don't want to find a more sustainable way to handle all of my waste. Is that good for the town? No, because they're all going to have cancer in 20 years. Is it good for the world? No, because I just poisoned a major waterway and now it's going to lead to other waterways and I'm going to be poisoning people 2,000 miles away with my disgusting sludge. So ultimately... Dumping, it's not the coal plant that was a bad idea. It was the handling of the sludge that was a bad idea. 
So if you run it through this, and all of a sudden, if the person cares about being ecological, who wants to start up the coal plant, they would thus realize that they can run the coal plant. We do need the coal plant. I get we all want to be talking about sustainable energy, but let's face it, we're not there yet. You take away the coal plants, good luck charging your cell phone every night because there's going to be rolling blackouts all across the country. So let's just be realistic about where we are at as a civilization in renewables, and let's not worry about that leave it for another episode. Let's just focus on the ecological aspect of what I'm discussing. It is good to build the plant. It is good to create the jobs. It is not good to allow the smog or the waste to be dumped into the sky or the river without there being a process in place to clean it up and make sure that you have a zero carbon footprint. So build the coal plant, figure out how to give it a zero carbon footprint. This works for car companies. If Facebook give a damn about being ecological, half the crap that they've done since they were invented, they wouldn't have done. Sure, congratulations, you're all worth hundreds of millions of dollars, but you're also a pretty dickish company. And maybe you should check yourself at the door because there's a reason why people are turning to other apps. <laughs> right? A lot of companies do not care if they're ecological, but you... While you can run your life like a business, positive cash flow, great time management, you know, a healthy, sustainable um, life, absolutely. Other ways, you're just your own little entity, and you get to decide if what you're doing is ecological. And by having a level of self-awareness that that looks out for cognitive dissonance and pays attention to cognitive uh, bias, and is understanding of how you can utilize thicker skin to not be offended by things, you're able to stay in a more emotionally balanced state. And when you're in an emotionally balanced state, you're able to have a self-awareness about yourself that doesn't use cruel language, that doesn't say mean things to yourself, that doesn't blame others for your lot in life. You realize that you have your own creation of your life in your hands. And if you can understand that It's not other people doing things against you. They're just doing things for themselves, just like you do things for yourself. Even if you're a people pleaser and you do things for other people, you're doing it because you enjoy pleasing people. It makes you feel good. Yes, what you're doing is helping somebody else, and that does bring joy into their life. But your main motivation to do that is for what it brings to your life. And if you disagree with me about that, hit me up at Jesse Mogul on Instagram and we'll have a conversation about it because I'm right. <laughs> All people pleasers are pleasing people because something inside of them says, um, I like it when people like me. I like it when people pat me on the back. I like it whenever people smile at me and say thank you. It's because something you're getting out of it is driving you to do it. So people don't do anything against you. They do it for themselves, just like you don't do anything against somebody. You do it for yourself. So when you start to really launch into this idea of stepping into a state of emotional awareness and emotional intelligence that goes beyond what most people think they're capable of, you are going to be pushing yourself into a space where there often will not be a lot of people there with you. You will be in a place where your self-awareness, if you bring it up to others, will seem so um, in-depth that they might often want to disagree with your own uh, with your own decisions about where you're at in your life because they're in self-denial about where they're at in their life. 
And if you're able to step into a place of self-awareness that says, no, what I'm doing right now, how I'm behaving is not for my greater good. It's not for the greater good of my loved ones. And it's certainly not helping out the world. Then why on earth am I doing any of this? Now you're having, now they're sitting there saying, well, damn, if your behavior isn't good for you and I do similar behaviors because that's how we're friends, then maybe it's, not good for me either. And I don't want to have to step out of my space of self-denial. So therefore, they're going to try to pull you back in. There's a um, there's this thing we talk about in NLP a lot. We call it the crabs in the bucket. Crabs will try to crawl. If you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, the crabs will try to get out of the bucket. And when a crab gets close to reaching up to the lip of the bucket to pull itself out, the other crabs will pull it back in. We don't really understand why they do this, but if you ever see crabs in a bucket, I can assure you, that's what they do. I've seen it. Somebody actually set up the entire display so we could see this in action, and it was set up for multiple days, and for multiple days, it continued to happen. And what you learn from this is that people don't necessarily want you to climb out of the bucket because then you're outside of the bucket and they're still inside of the bucket. You hope that you surround yourself with mentors and friends and, and, and people of stature that want to rise you out of the bucket. That's what you hope. But unfortunately, most people don't either read self-help books or into personal development or listen to this show. So they won't necessarily realize that what they're trying to do is pull you back down into the bucket because then they would have to, oh my God, Jesse got out of the bucket, which means I could get out of the bucket. But I like being in self-denial. I'm in my safe space in this bucket. I don't want to have to feel guilty for still being in this bucket. So pull Jesse back down into the bucket. And this is what's happening in your life whenever you step into a space of self-awareness where you start to question your thoughts and feelings that create your actions and results. And if other people are being nudged in that direction with you, you're going to get some pushback. And that's okay. If they're the right friends for you, then eventually they'll either just let you do what you're doing and support that, they'll fall by the wayside, or they'll start to change because they'll see the changes you're making has so positive in your life, they can't wait to have them in theirs. So when you start to balance this emotional intelligence and this self-awareness and this ecological mindset, and you do this in college, whether you're a traditional student or a non-traditional student, it doesn't matter whether you're 11 years old or 91 years old listening to this show, you're going to be able to start noticing these topics that I'm bringing to you today playing out everywhere in your life. Whether it's with you or your loved ones or hell, the person running the deli counter, you're going to start noticing where the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness are starting to show up. And you're going to be able to start noticing where other people um, are putting their focus. And if you do this from a state of non-judgment, where you don't say, oh, they're putting their focus on that, and I put my focus on this, and that makes me better than them. No, it doesn't. And just because, you know, in fact, because you think you're better than them, because you're putting the focus where you're putting your focus, and you think your focus is better than their focus, and you should try saying focus as many times as I just have in one sentence. Breathe. If you think you're better than somebody else, that immediately makes it a fact that you're not. This isn't some sort of athletic event where if I catch the football over you, over you and cross the goal line, I have scored points, which means that I am better than you in that moment. This isn't that. 
there are always going to be times where you are performing at a level a smidge bit higher than others, but that does not mean that you are better than them. One of my favorite things to say to my clients is, or especially my my physical fitness clients, when they start getting a little too ego-driven about the weight that they're lifting is, reel it in, bro, or reel it in, young lady, or reel it in, my friend. Right now, somebody out there is warming up with your max. Right now, somebody out there is warming up with your max. Whatever you think your best is, there is somebody out there who can do it one millisecond faster. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're better overall in life than you. They just might be one millisecond faster in this particular activity than you. But when your entire life is taking as a sum of all of its parts, you realize that you're going to have you're going to be a millisecond slower than other people in certain activities and a millisecond faster than others at, at, the, at certain activities. It doesn't make you better in life than them. It just means you're a millisecond faster. One of the first things I learned when I started to coach and teach and speak and write and everything was that the teacher only really needs to be a page ahead of the, of the audience. We only need to be a page ahead of the class. We don't have to know everything. We just have to know a page ahead. I don't have to have all the answers. In most cases, I just need to ask the right questions that get the person to evoke their own answers because people prefer to answer their own questions. Even when they ask advice, they really are just seeking advice that will go along with what they think they already want to do. Now, that's a little sidebar to this. And as we're wrapping up this episode, uh, and I've touched upon a lot of topics the reason why today this became the thesis is next week we're going to start talking about the masks that we wear that allow us to hide our true selves from ourselves, let alone the rest of the world. It's really unfortunate that so many people seem to be okay plugging their brains into the internet or their phone or video games or whatever other vices out there from alcohol and drugs to sex to porn to gambling, whatever it might be, hell, negative self-talk automatic negative thinking, any of these can be vices in our day and age. It's really unfortunate that we seem to just be okay as a world, definitely as a society here in the United States, to just plugging into the electronics and and allowing that to substitute for actual interaction with other human beings. Let me just jump on the internet and find other people who think exactly like me or at least similarly enough that I don't want to argue with them all the time and then we'll just start shouting into the wind the same rhetoric and then we all can agree and everybody who doesn't agree with us is wrong. And that's just not a positive way to go about life. You are going to come across hundreds of thousands of people in your life they might have a one point higher than you on the IQ scale. You might have two points higher than them on the EQ scale. But it doesn't make anybody better than anybody else. It just makes us all uniquely different like we were always meant to be. Stepping into a place of self-awareness of ourselves doesn't mean that it gives us the right to judge other people for not being as self-aware. Because it's in that non-judgmental state that we look at ourselves in that we can then replicate that behavior outwardly to the rest of the world. 
outwardly to the random person we meet at the store, outwardly to the car that's, that, that drives alongside of us in our blind spot for two miles when all they need to do is go three miles an hour faster to pass us. Passing judgment on any of these people when we will never know all the intricacies that have occurred in their life that have led them to be near us in this moment puts us, it's, it's asinine. I wish I had a more enlightened way of saying it. But passing judgment on someone who you will never understand the intricacies of their life, it's, it's, it's fraught with peril. You put yourself in a situation where you be consistently exhausted attacking others for not seeing things the way that you do, rather than taking a step back, having the self-awareness around yourself to know why you have made the decisions you have in your life that have led you to have certain values that you hold dear, certain morals and ethics and and integrity-based decisions that you care about. If you don't have that same self-awareness with yourself, you will not be able to accurately step into somebody else's shoes and fully know what they've gone through that have led them to be the person they are in front of you. The 2020 and 2021 have been so fraught with people just screaming at each other and being angry at each other. And when I bring this up again and again and again, it's because I continue to see it again and again and again. And those of us that have spent enough time in college and those of you who are currently in it, it's for let's just be a little let's be a little gimmicky here and let's sing a bust out a Michael Jackson song. I believe the children are the future. I don't know any of the words, but show the way, right? I, if children are the future, which okay, sure they are. I mean, sure, you know, zero to eighteen, they're the future. You know who else is the future? A fifty-seven-year-old who's going to live another thirty-five years. We're all the future. It matters that all of us are taking this opportunity to step into a newer, higher way of thinking and feeling and believing and acting. It is in imperative that we all start to open our minds to a level of emotional intelligence that benefits us, that benefits our loved ones, and benefits the world. And as we think about how we're going to close out 2021 proper and start 2022 tight and right, it doesn't go any further than the first step in this moment of understanding how our emotional intelligence and our self-awareness are creating the world that we experience around us in our heads and actually in 3D. It is imperative that we as a civilization stop for one moment and realize that we are all beautifully unique. And it's because of this uniqueness that this world is so colorful and beautiful and buoyant and amazing to live in. We don't want this to turn into 1984. We don't want this to turn into that Uma Thurman movie from, uh, I can't even remember it now, and damn it, I really want it, Gattaca. We don't want things to turn into, everybody just goes into a lab and creates the best child and we all come out as cookies, cut from the same mold. We want to embrace the uniqueness of civilization, uniqueness of each other, a uniqueness of ourselves from who we were yesterday to who we're becoming tomorrow. That bridge from who we were to who we're going to become, it is built today. Everything you desire is on the other side of taking a risk, stepping outside of your comfort zone into your uncomfort zone. 
And to be able to do that with the strength and the power and the tenacity that will tenacity tenacity that will bring you there, it's going to mean self-awareness at a level you have not attained to this point. And each day is another day closer to the self-awareness that will open you up to the person you've always been meant to become. Today is the day that you finally step back from this podcast, step back from your phone, step back from your computer and look at the world around you and ask you, are you helping create it into the place that people would admire being around it? Are you creating a life for yourself that magnetizes those who seek a higher sense of self to be around you? Are you being drawn toward people who are inspiring you to become the highest sense of self that you can achieve today, knowing that tomorrow you can take one step closer to the next version of yourself? The beautiful thing about this world is that very few decisions we make aren't able to be chosen differently the next day. No matter how bad something is that we've done, this world offers us a place to make amends and move forward into a different direction. We might still have to do it from behind bars, but we still have an opportunity to make amends and become a different version of ourselves. For those of us doing this out here in this beautiful, amazing world, let alone in college, surrounded by other people who are forwardly moving themselves towards their highest sense of self, seize the day. Have a conversation with someone with an open mind. Don't sit there waiting to respond, but instead embrace what they are saying. Don't seek to judge right or wrong. Seek to understand. And the first person you can begin to understand is yourself. And you do that through self-awareness that will guide your emotional intelligence to your highest ecological state. And that, my friends, that, my friends, creates a world worth living in. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. If you would like more information on how to be coached by me or how to join the tribe or how to take the online experience that will guide you to the, towards this self-awareness and this emotional intelligence that I've been discussing this entire episode and let's face it, the last 118 episodes, hit me up at, on Instagram at Jesse Mogul or jesse at jessemogul.com. Feel free to reach out, stand up, raise your hand. It is your turn. I will call on you. Be splendid. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.